It's time for the Plan with Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's Plan with Dan. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Plan with Dan podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside the man of the hour, Dan Betzel. Hey, Dan, what's going on with you this week? Hey, doing well. How about you, Walter? Doing very well. I hear that you have a uh, milestone to celebrate as we start off this week's show. Yeah, it's hard to believe. You know, I'm, I look in the mirror sometimes. And I'm like, wow, what happened to like <laughs> to me? But yeah, so my wife and I next week will be um, 35 years uh, wow. married. Great. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, and so uh, you know, my wife is a lover of Celtic music and of Ireland, and uh, we've never been there, so we're actually going on a Celtic music tour over in Ireland. So my understanding is like, you know, every day we'll like, you know, be hanging out, looking at castles and stuff, and then at night we get to listen to Celtic music. So it should be wow. fun. Should be fun. That's yeah. unique. That's a yeah. Unique so yeah, trip. yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so I've never been there, but I tell you, the pictures look stunning. I can see why they call it the Emerald Island. That's have you good. developed a love of Celtic music over the 35 years you've been married? Let's say I have appreciation for it. There's some I really, okay. really, I really, really like. I really like it. Um, <laughs> Better than a Celtic tolerance, <laughs> I suppose. It's a Celtic so appreciation. We, we, we have this joke, you know, and it, it's, there's some truth to it, but it's also, it's a joke. So, you know, I wanted to go to Hawaii and she wanted to go to Ireland. So we compromised and went to Ireland. Okay, gotcha. yes, <laughs> big compromise, big compromise. I guess a compromise on that geographically would have just been staying in Ohio. Right, so. there we go, there we go. No, no. actually, the more I learn about it, I've been reading a book, a couple books, and I'm actually getting, the history is fascinating. I'm actually getting very interested. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot You're of fun. You're getting jazzed up. I am, I am. And then course, uh, maybe for 36th anniversary, you can do a <laughs> Maybe, we'll see. That'd be a good, be a good compromise, yeah. follow it up with that. Well, congratulations, that's a wonderful milestone, and one that doesn't get reached a lot these days, so congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations to you for getting there, and best of luck on another 35, all right? Thank you. Appreciate it. Very cool. Well, lots to talk about on today's show. We've got a question from Howard that we're going to get to a little bit later. Howard is just retired, and he needs some income, and he's trying to figure out what's the best way to make that happen. He's curious about some dividend-paying stocks, so we'll get into that conversation a little bit later on. And if Dan didn't have to sleep, what would he do? We're going to ask him that question a little bit later on yeah, in today's show. It's a so. pretty nerdy response, but we'll see. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. Very good. Looking forward to it. Uh, but we want to start off today's show with something that's actually kind of hard to believe and a little tough to maybe talk about. Yeah. Anytime we talk about nursing home stuff, Dan, I mean, nobody yeah. likes talking about it. It's the old ostrich thing. I'd rather yeah, just stick my sure. head in the sand. Yeah. But we also want to talk about financial elder abuse. And I yeah. hate that this is even a thing. But yeah. this is something that you brought me this topic this week and said, I really want to address this and talk about it because as hard as it is for me to wrap my head around, it's something that's happening. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've, I mean, I've known about this, you know, for years and years and years. At the law firm that I worked at, there was actually a whole division. That's what they did. They represented, you know, families of, uh, you know, whether it had been, you know, elder abuse, financial or otherwise. And I had a little, a teeny little taste of it, you know, last year. My mom was not in the nursing home very long, you know. Uh, you know, she was diagnosed with some really serious issues in uh, September, and she passed away in December. But even those few months, I was like, wow, I couldn't believe it. I mean, there were three of us there, and we were able to, you know, to stay on top of things. But there's just a lot of issues that I would like my clients to be aware of. And, and there's some examples and some stories I wanted to share with you. But, you know, I mean, the first thing is, you know, Please, if at all possible, you know, talk to your parents or if you're or talk to your children, depending on your age, and make sure that you give someone that you trust that loves you, give them a financial power of attorney. 
It's so valuable, so important. You know, my mom had given it to my sister because my sister lived really close to her and it made total sense. You know, and we were able to do so many good things to take care and protect my mom because my sister had that power of attorney. And also, you know, I really tell people, you've got to interview, you know, before you put a loved one in a nursing home. And often you don't have any time, right? Like my own example, you know, my mom had, you know, surgery on the brain tumor. And then like, you know, after three days, where do you want to take her? And like, well, I don't know, you know, and you're, they, even though they try to help you at the hospitals up in Cleveland, you just don't have your, your wits about you, you know, your, your faculties to like make really good decisions at the time. But, you know, if I were interviewing a nur- potential nursing home and I had the time and I was able to you know to think about it rationally, you know, I want to ask them some questions, for example, like, do you allow seminars or workshops for residents? And if you do, what kind of safeguards do you have? I mean, it's, I know it's difficult for the nursing home, but they want to bring in people that are going to enrich the residents' lives, you know, music and crafts and arts and those kind of things. But a lot of them hold, actually, can you believe it? They're holding financial seminars inside of nursing homes where the people are at least physically compromised, if not cognitively compromised. And I just find oh. that kind of like unconscionable myself. I never would have thought about uh, that. I wouldn't have either, but I, I couldn't believe existing. it. Gosh, it's, yeah. Okay. So they're, you know, they're talking about, you know, selling annuities and all this different kind of stuff. And maybe there's nothing wrong with that, but they sh- it should be done, of course, you know, in a different setting or at least, you know, with their adult children. But the power of attorney, I, we would offer it you doesn't some pass the smell test. No, That's it got, doesn't. It doesn't at all. It's got a bit um, of an ambulance chaser kind yeah, of feel to it. You know? Um, you know, and it's also one thing I've heard about these things, you know, from my entire professional career. And then now I'm actually confronted with them, you know, and, and so, you know, when I was there, they wanted us to make the facility, you know, an alternate payee for, you know, my mom's social security payments and, you know, for a pension. And I'm like, why would I want to make you an alternate payee? I mean, you know, (laughs) that doesn't pass the smell test. No, but this is the things, you know, and it's, like I said, you're in a very stressful state. I think, you know, you really can't think you know, rationally per se, and they're doing they're doing this to help you. You don't have to worry about the bill and all that kind of stuff. Well, no, my sister had the power of attorney. You know, the stuff was deposited in my mom's account. My sister paid the bill. You know, that's the way I think you should keep it. Some of these facilities, they have a bank, and they want you to put, take to do your banking there. I mean, okay, I thought, no, no, please don't bank at the facility. Keep banking, you know, where you want to bank. And um, so, you know, these are just, these are some of the things you really have to be aware of and some of the things that you're going to want to really talk about and get really clear about. And it might take you some time to do that. You mean, you know, you may have to go to the nursing facility that the social worker at the hospital on the day of your discharge recommends because you may not have any other time to make a good choice. But once you get there, you know, and things settle down and you get the lay of the land, you can start looking around, you know, and see, you know, are they allowing salespeople to make presentations? What kind of safeguards do they have um, for the resident's checkbook? I mean, like I said, my mom gave my sister the power of attorney. My mom didn't have a checkbook in the room, but, you know, there are other people that you know, had their checkbook and I saw them out writing checks. And I'm like, I don't think someone on, you know, in that position, you know, being cognitively compromised and certainly physically compromised should be writing checks to people that are coming around. I don't know what you think about that, but that was, that was me. I, I mean, I, it was amazing, really eye opening, you know, to see what goes on in some of these places. And my jaw was already hurting today, just <laughs> randomly, but now it hurts even more because it dropped yeah. to the floor as you're kind of giving these examples. Yeah. Just, wow. And of course That's this, this isn't a case that I personally experienced, but you know, I love reading uh, the journal, financial journals and other things like that. And there's actually a case, if you could believe it, now this was in the Ohio bar association, public, 
publications that I, even though I'm not practicing law anymore, I still read these if they're interesting to me. If they're, and, and there was actually a case in Ohio that's still being litigated, so I don't know how it's going to come out. But the nursing home had taken horribly advantage of this person and had, it seems by all allegations, you know, perpetuated and participated in financial abuse. And then they ended up evicting the person because they couldn't pay anymore. So that's like, you know, the irony of all ironies. So just, you know, we all want the best, of course, for our parents and we want the best for us as we begin to age. And so it's really important to take the time, you know, while you are still competent and you're physically vital and your parents are, you know, to put some of these things in place to make sure you have the power of attorney. You know, if you see that in the future, there's going to be potential nursing home, you know, to get some great, you know, feedback and be sure, you know, that you stay on top of these things so that you can protect your loved ones. So uh, I just want everyone to be aware of some of these pitfalls and how shocked I was not just to read about them professionally, but to actually see them in place, you know, in my own personal life for that brief amount of time that my mom was in the nursing home up in Cleveland. So the big takeaway here is to know that there are facilities that have thought these things through and do have these safeguards in place. Absolutely. You just need to interview and find out which ones and reach your comfort level for those extensions, those bars that they're putting up to try and help protect the residents' pocketbooks. Absolutely. Uh, Especially if you're not going to have that person on your side who is going to be power of attorney or helping you out if you become sort of incapacitated or unable to make some of those key decisions on your own. Just another, I think, really important area of financial, holistic financial planning Mm -hmm. that often gets overlooked. Absolutely. If you have not done financial holistic planning before, if you've really just had maybe a broker, just look at your investments, but not really look at the entire financial picture, know that that exists. If you're a regular listening to the Plan With Dan podcast, you know this, but if you're new to the show, let that be an eye-opener. There are advisors out there, financial planners, who will look at your entire situation. That's what Dan does. He looks at the holistic view of your whole situation, your living situation, estate planning, all of these different little things, thinking about the next generation, not just planning to get to retirement, but all the way through it as well. All these little moving parts, all part of the holistic planning process. And if you haven't had a review done, I encourage you to reach out to Dan to talk about it. 614-472-4510 is the number to call. That's 614-472-4510 or online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. If you're listening on the app, uh, any particular apps out there, just check the description of today's show and you should see a link to BetzelWealthAdvisors.com just to make it easy on you. But I encourage you to reach out, get some help, especially if you're in the greater Columbus area, Dan's got an office in Gahanna near the airport. Easy to come in and have a conversation about your plan. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time for the fun part of the show where we get to know Dan a little bit better away from all the financial stuff. So a fun question for you this week. I teased it a little bit earlier, Dan. If if you didn't have to sleep, what would you do with all that extra time? Oh, my gosh. You know, uh, people are going to, well, I guess it's true. I'm pretty nerdy. So it's almost a little embarrassing, but I would probably just want to like read lots and lots of books or take some classes. You know, I, I, no matter where I am or how busy I am, I almost always find time to take a class. You know, I just finished a class I was taking. It was really interesting. Uh, and I usually, at the end, I'm like, okay, I, I don't have time for this. I can't do this anymore. And then a couple of weeks will go by and I'm like, oh, I got to do something else. I just, it's actually really, really fun for me. I mean, I'm, I'm really not as boring as that sounds, but uh, I just really like to read books. I really like to learn things. I like to, uh, and I don't like grades. Don't get me wrong. I don't like writing papers. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> but just like, you know, taking different courses on stuff that's interesting. 
I, I would, hear you. I would do that. It's I, really fun for me. Just you know, it, yeah. That's it. I don't blame you. I don't think that's nerdy at all. I'd love to. <laughs> I'd love to read more. And yeah, it's like yeah. it's kind of a priority, but not high enough. So it's always getting bumped for then other things that pop up in life. And so I wish I could read more. So yeah, if I didn't sleep, I would. I think I feel like it's a high enough priority to where I would make it happen. But I do wonder: Would we just do more of what we already do? You know what I mean? Would we just if we if we really didn't have to sleep and we had all that extra time, would we end up just doing more of what we already get into? I'm afraid that could really happen because I mean, look at like you would just inter- work a couple extra hours. Look at the internet's just, done, right? You know, used yeah. to. You know, I mean, I think most people I know were you know they're working when they get up, they work when they go to before they go to bed. You know, and before, of course, you know, when I was practicing law, you when you left the office, you couldn't work anymore you didn't have access to the stuff (laughs) yes yes the key would be that the rest of the world wouldn't be able to adjust right right? so the crux of the question is the rest of life stays the same absolutely you just now have this extra you know eight to ten hours well i don't know who's getting that much sleep so (laughs) six six to eight hours maybe at night where you can you know now do some extra things but your work life everything else maybe stays the same so it's then what do you do with that time so yeah Hopefully that would free people up a little bit to get into some things that they don't normally do. But it's a fun question to think about, for sure. Great question. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. As we open up the mailbag this week, we'll get a question from Howard in New Albany. It's a short and sweet one here, Dan. Howard says, now that I'm retired, I need income from my investments. Should I invest primarily in dividend-paying stocks? Oh, that's a great question, Howard. I mean, first of all, I think your intuition is right. I mean, things change, right? So, you know, up until now, you've been in the accumulation phase. You've been accumulating, accumulating, accumulating. And we have one set of rules that apply, you know, to someone who's accumulating. But now, you know, you're going to be in the withdrawal phase. And so actually, it's really fascinating because, you know, like the most, say, potentially dangerous part of portfolio management is really not so much in the accumulation phase. It's in the withdrawal, you know, coming down the mountain phase. So that's a really great question. So, you know, I guess I don't really know if you should invest primarily in dividend paying stocks. You know, my gut is to tell you no, but that's not going to be really helpful. I think what you really need to do is have someone professionally, you know, look at your particular portfolio and determine, you know, do some what we would call like a stress test or a, or a retirement roadmap analysis, it might be called a Monte Carlo analysis, and to really see, you know, how your portfolio is going to perform under various scenarios. And it very well may be that you need to make some adjustments to your portfolio. And it very well may be that you want to have some, you know, dividend paying stocks. It's a great question. I think your intuition's right on. The only thing is, I think you need to get some really specific advice for your specific portfolio. How much money do you need to pull out? There's a lot of other questions around it. But retirement income planning is what your question's asking about. It's one of the five absolute necessities of holistic financial planning. So great question. You're on the right track. Get some more specific information for you. Thanks for the question, Howard. As always, if you've got questions, Dan Betzel will have answers. And if he doesn't have an answer for you, he's going to go find out the answer for you and uh, do the research. Because sometimes you get situations that get thrown your way, Dan, where it might not be a simple explanation. It takes a little bit of digging and a little bit of work and a little bit of customization from person to person, right? Yeah, absolutely. 
Always good to keep that in mind. Do not procrastinate. Get That's some the help. big takeaway for yep. sure. Yeah. So Howard, now that you're retired, sounds like you got some question marks still surrounding that financial plan. So get them addressed. Now's the time. Don't wait any longer. Preferably you do it before you pull that retirement trigger. 614-472-4510 is your number to call to reach Dan. 614-472-4510. If you didn't get that number, don't worry. Just hit pause and rewind and go listen to it again. That's the beauty of a podcast. Or you can find Dan online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com, and we'll put a link to that website in the description of today's show. Dan, thanks for sharing your knowledge with us, and we'll talk to you on the next podcast. Thank you so much, Walter. And congrats on the 35th anniversary. Very <laughs> exciting. Uh, that's Dan Betzel. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon right back here on the Plan with Dan podcast. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.